0: chelsea hold crisis meeting Golo kante on the verge of a new contract and could lukaku return to stanford bridge hello there, guys what is going on daniel Childs back here again for another edition of let's talk chelsea hope you're doing well hope you're keeping safe on this thursday not too far away from sunday chelsea's next game and it is a huge game potentially defining for the future of Graham Potter as Chelsea's head coach I will be previewing that Spurs game tomorrow with my team selector looking at the press conference looking at how I would approach with my predicted 11 so make sure if you're new around here hit that like button hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads on the channel if you're listening on the podcast thank you so much for tuning in Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 min podcast network but let's get into the news so we've had obviously reports uh the last let's talk chelsea on monday evening we spoke about the matt law piece that the reasons why graham potter has not been sacked please go and check that out if you have not already and kind of you know why it hasn't happened yet why the board still have faith in graham potter despite two wins in 14-15 games but now we've got some other reports around this kind of emergency meeting, crisis meeting that took place at Cobham. It claimed that Christopher Vival, new technical director, was involved as well. Nazar Kinsella reporting this in the Evening Standard. Chelsea discussed form amid Graham Potter pressure before Tottenham clash. Apparently, talks were held at the club's Cobham training ground after co-owners Todd Boley and Baderic Barley gave their support to Potter and told senior staff to stick together after a calamitous few weeks. In what has been described by sources as a strategy meeting, discussions among the football operation at Chelsea centred around how to change course. So the fact that Vival was involved, he was kind of the prominent name that was uh, mentioned in reports which is you know not that surprising given he was employed to kind of be in the room and um, I do just want to say as a general point like and I don't know if I mentioned this on Monday or, or Sunday show that you know I think it is important that there are people in that room that Boley and, and Co have appointed who are offering a different perspective potentially in this in this situation I'd like to think there are people there having the conversation at least of what if we sack Graham Potter? Like, even if that's not the direction you're going in, I would like to think it's not just kind of like blind faith moving forward. Um, I, I would like to think there's a healthy discourse going on of the consequences of potentially sacking Graham Potter because it's all right for them to hold kind of their nerve at the moment. But if Chelsea lose on Sunday... If we don't beat Leeds, if we get knocked out by Borussia Dortmund, especially if we lose on Sunday badly at Spurs, we know how that turned opinion on Maurizio Sarri. That was a a defining game in his season that turned the mood of a lot of people, and he was doing quite well at the time. That was his first league defeat, I think, defeat in any competition as Chelsea head coach. That's how much that game means to Chelsea supporters. So um, the fact that they're having meetings is not surprising given how bad it's been recently. We're gonna move on now to N'Golo Kante who is back in training which is great news and we are close to his expected return. But the big news from Matt Law was that Ingolo Kante is now on the verge of a new Chelsea contract. Chelsea have been holding talks with Kante about extending his deal beyond this season and are now confident an agreement is close. Kante is due to be out of contract at the end of this season and the midfielder had been linked with moves to Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain. But the France World Cup winner is thought to be settled in London and looks to be willing to stay at Chelsea where he has won every available trophy other than the league cup so it's kind of on two fronts here so you've got the the contract and then you've got Kante returning from injury I think with Kante returning from injury we hope and pray that he's going to be able to remain fit and actually get back on the pitch because we've been here before this season when Kante looked close to be back from injury and then he got another injury and then had to have surgery which has pretty much ruled him out for most of this season his last game was against Spurs um, second week of the season it has been so long and I've had major doubts whether he would play barely any of this season, um, based on how many setbacks he's had and how long it's been going on for. But hopefully, if he can get back on the pitch, we know at his best how much of a game-changer he can be in central midfield to Chelsea. He really can. And now you've got Enzo Fernandez in there, there is an excitement just on paper of seeing seeing Ingo Kante and Enzo Fernandez in the same midfield, which is, uh, which is huge. And hopefully, we will see that before the end of the season. In terms of the contract, I think it's good that Chelsea... I guess a move fast and, and you know, it, it's always that thing with Jorginho and Kante. I don't think we could ever get into a situation like with Christensen and Rüdiger that you allow both of them to walk out the door for free. But we always, and, and I've always stressed this, that I think that the Ingolo kante new contract discussion was nuanced, that I don't think it was as simple as you just hand him the new contract because as we've known from his injury problems, there is a risk that he isn't going to be playing a lot of football I think part of that equation for me was Chelsea investing in new midfielders and they've already done that in a massive way with Enzo Fernandez. They are not the same player and they don't operate in maybe the same way, you know, on the pitch, but at least, you know, stocking that area with a new player that's going to be here for the long term, I think was one part of, I felt more comfortable giving Kante that new contract because at least you've got someone there who hopefully will be fit touchwood a majority of the time and maybe some others that we could recruit in the summer. But as well with Kante, it's also about managing his fitness from from this point on and how kind of those negotiations, what are the terms, because we know that this new ownership is not you know, wanting to give that they're, they're trying to lower the sort of the wage bill and, and we saw that in January. But it's hard to do that with a player with as much esteem. And it's been incredible for Chelsea, a Chelsea legend in Ngolo Kante. So he's not gonna be on 80, 90 grand a week. He's not gonna go from one of the highest owners to one of the lowest owners. That's obviously is unrealistic. But what value are Chelsea gonna get out of this contract? I think is the big question for me currently is how much are we getting out of Ingolo Kante? The best case scenario is he mostly remains fit for the rest of his new contract and he doesn't have as many injury problems and maybe can have a bit of a renaissance you know as a player that's the hope i think that's unlikely but i still think there is a reality where he keeps on having these injury problems but um, that, that you know could eat a hole into Chelsea's wage bill. And that obviously ha- has made it a, an interesting conversation this season regarding whether you give Kante that deal or you don't. I don't think we regard him as a key player anymore. Hopefully that will change if he gets back on the pitch and starts performing well. Let me know your thoughts on Kante um, in the comments below because I think most people are kind of happy about it. And the fact that Jorginho has now moved on as well, um, I think it makes a lot more sense. And, and, and other players that could be moving on in the summer from that area too. And the final thing to speak about today is Romelu Lukaku. He scored a massive goal for Inter Milan last night against Porto in their Champions League tie. It's been a difficult year, I think, for Lukaku, it really has. You know, over that, if you, if you track it back to probably even more than that, you know, even when he moved to Chelsea, he got that injury early on and then he had the interview and then he got out the team on the Thomas Tuchel and the fans sort of outburst around him and then, of course, moving back to Inter. And he's had a lot of injury problems, you know, failing at the World Cup with Belgium, missing some big chances. So this felt like a massive night personally for him where maybe he can get back to some sort of form and confidence. And I think Chelsea would need him to do so because even if the return to Stamford Bridge, which James Horncastle writes uh, and sort of poses in this article for The Athletic, that goes into a lot of detail about Lukaku, about his time at Chelsea, about if there's the chance of returning. And he says, apparently nothing is off the table, not even a return to Stamford Bridge, although building bridges with the fan base there may be harder than it has been at the San Siro, which I absolutely agree. And I do think is, well, I think there are two reasons why Lukaku may not, the idea of him coming back to Chelsea is kind of unrealistic number one is is absolutely that kind of first thing of a reaction to him and why i think it it was right for chelsea to try and get him out last summer because i could only imagine the situation when tucker was still head coach of that start to the season of kind of that fan outburst and dislike of lukaku pretty much from the the, the word go of a difficult season you know you imagine how bad it's been this year imagine if lukaku was present Tuchel got sacked, Potter came in, Potter kept playing Lukaku and we were struggling on top of that. I know that's kind of like a different timeline completely but you know I, I think that it was just the right time at health, for health of the player, for health of the club, for health of the fans you know to, to move him on to get him back to Inter Milan where he f- clearly feels more comfortable but the financial reality for Inter Milan of being able to purchase him in the summer still looks maybe unlikely which is an awkward thing for Chelsea. But I think on the second point for me is What Graham Potter is looking for, and what most, I guess, coaches would be looking for in a striker at this level, um, because his lack of movement off the ball became a real problem under Thomas Tuchel, and I I don't think Graham Potter is that radically different. Look at the way he's treated Pierre Emerico Aubameyang. All right, you can say not his signing, but a player who, like, can be accused of, of, of Lukaku, maybe not to the same way, but you know, isn't offering you as much off the ball, which is why he's tended to lean towards Kai Havertz, like. Uh, Thomas Tuchel did a lot last season I think that whoever Chelsea try and go for permanently they're going to be looking at that as much as of course putting the ball in the back of the net which is the most important thing you know I think for Lukaku it's just such an awkward situation um, and the new ownership are going to have to face it again it was kind of putting it, putting it on pause and putting it out of our minds for 12 months but the hope is he keeps playing well because maybe that will increase the chances of either Inter Milan which I think is the most likely outcome for him to, to move back to permanently after a while or maybe someone else but um is there anyone out there who would seriously say i want lukaku back because even someone who isn't as harsh to lukaku i just can't see it being a healthy return i just don't think it makes a lot of sense but do you disagree with all the attacking problems we've had james horncastle did point out as well that lukaku has scored more goals than chelsea in february which is just an even more depressing stat but that is it for today's news video thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch or listen to it on the podcast feed you can follow me on twitter at son chelsea and i will see you again very soon all the best